Welcome to the Waypoint What's the Point podcast. This is a podcast of Waypoint Church, and I'm Danny, one of the pastors here, and I'm joined by... Eric Weiner, one of the other pastors here. (laughs) And we have a special podcast this morning. This is our podcast, What's the Point? And this is where we talk about all things going on in the life of our church. And many of you might be expecting the question and answer podcast. We got a lot of great uh, questions and... We got so many good questions that we needed some more time to chew on them. And the, one of the questions was, what do we think God was doing with 2020? And all three of us thought, as the pastors here thought, we need a little more time to kind of pray through that and, and how to answer that. So that'll be our final podcast of 2020 it will be the question and answer, answering the questions that you guys uh, emailed us and the, you, that you guys asked and really focusing a lot on our own reflection of 2020 and maybe some things that we feel like God is teaching us through the a, a tough, tough year. But for this morning, we have Pastor Eric is here and he has spearheaded our men's ministry, which we kind of not really relaunched, but just had a big uh, thrust for in 2020. And then obviously as COVID hit in March and the quarantine started, it changed our plans. So that's that's kind of what this podcast is going to be about and about the men's ministry at the church and particularly this book that uh, Eric, Pastor Eric and the uh, other guys kind of on the men's ministry team want, want us to read together as men and how that will glorify God and honor us as a church. And I mean, honor God as a church and as men and build up the body that God's called us to build here in the triangle. But before that, I want to start off with our icebreaker question, and this one will be linked to men's ministry. So it's basically just share a time in your life when you experience strong male community. So Eric, because you are now spearheading this ministry at Waypoint, tell us, tell us some time, a time or, or some times where you, you've experienced this. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it, it seems like as you get older, the the fewer, the, the more infrequent, it, it, that seems to be the per- perception. Um, and so at, at different different seasons of, of life, I've, I've experienced some really just thriving times, spaces where I could really flourish and, and thrive and just enjoyed, re- especially like growing uh, early on in my faith. I think in high school was, was definitely a formative time. In college has been a formative time. Um, of when I, I actually in, in college lived with uh, in a house with seven other guys, which was a pretty wild time. I mean, it wasn't wasn't a fraternity. It was like we we chose to do that. We were it wasn't even like we were paying to do it. So um, other than obviously rent, but uh, I think it was a nice clean house, right? Everything was organized and neat. No pizza boxes everywhere or anything. So. It was not. Um, <laughs> so it was it was probably the epitome of of what you would imagine a. Bachelor, a, a, a bachelor house, pad. As, as I just described, it would, would be like, uh, we, we even had the bright idea at one point, we had this like giant trash can in our kitchen. We thought, you know, we have so many guys that it would be a good idea to put a large trash can in there. And it, we, we had so many flies in our house because of it. <laughs> we realized, you know, if we put this outside, maybe, maybe we'd have less flies in our house. But I mean, literally, I, I probably, I went a week where I probably killed like, 50 flies i mean it was it was pretty but that that's neither the lord of the flies house okay sorry for um, distracting you from the real point of of yeah so so i mean it was definitely a very formative it was very very fond memories for me of just uh figuring out life and and really learning what it means to be a christian in that context and, and and at that stage just uh seeing these guys who have different different strengths and weaknesses and and being encouraged and and challenging one another through that um but one time in, in particular that, that really comes to mind is uh, right after college, actually, uh, was living in East Durham with, with um, several other families as we were trying to do this, this ministry called Dwell. And, and I remember at the time, um, I was going to seminary, and we're, Sarah and I are living in, in Durham, and so I'm commuting to seminary and, and doing all these things. And, and I remember reading a, a book, I think it was by Tim Keller, actually, where he was talking about his time in seminary of making these really deep, meaningful friendships. And then, like, since then, it's th- these relationships have continued to be some of the most formative friendships in his life. 
and how seminary was was really this this ground for uh, for cultivating these relationships. And so I, I I remember at that time, you know, we're we're trying to do life together in this in, in Durham, and uh, I feel like I was I was devoting more of my my relational capital and energy to that community than I was to seminary. And so I wasn't really making those those relationships or building those friendships and and thinking at, at one point like, you know, it doesn't really seem like we're as close of friends as, as maybe we, we make it out to be. It doesn't seem like we're, we're actually pursuing the things that we like, do, are we even really friends? I even asked that question to one of the guys, which was a very awkward and, and maybe a bad question to ask. I mean, it was, it's definitely memorable to, to, um, be doing, you know, be in small group together. And, you know, we, we go to church on Sunday, we go to small group on Wednesday or whatever night it was. And to think, you know, I don't even have your guys' phone numbers. Like, I don't, like, are we, we, even if I wanted to connect with you throughout the week, I couldn't. So, um, and, and, and just thinking about what Tim Keller was talking about, I was like lamenting that, like, am I missing out on, on these like really important relationships? And so what that, what that spurred on is, is just cultivating, uh, these, these deeper relationships where, where you ask each other, like, as we're looking at our, our schedule and, and our, our weeks, you know, are there, are there opportunities for us to invite other people into what we're doing and, and to live this out together? And I just remember on, on numerous occasions, like some, like the guys would get together, we'd go play basketball with some, some kids in the neighborhood and then we'd come back and we just, we'd hang out and we would talk, we'd talk about life. Uh, you know, we'd have times where we'd, we'd be together to pray together and, it wasn't just sharing a prayer request. It was like opening up my life to, to other guys and they would ask me questions. They would ask me pointed questions, candid questions uh, to, to try to unpack things in my own heart and, and to like help me understand what I was going through, what I was experiencing, or what, I, what I was thinking or believing in that moment and then speaking truth and, and praying over me in that. And, we, and, and so to be able to invite each other into our lives in that way was just a breath of fresh air. I mean, it was, it was something that I just benefited immensely from. And I, I'm so thankful to have had that experience. Awesome. Yeah. And I know some of the guys are at waypoint today that yeah. were part of that. Uh, you're still friends with them. Yeah. For me, obviously college was a big, my first time, you know, being around a lot of Christian guys together. And, and, and then when I lived overseas as a young adult, same thing. And I, I think for a lot of waypoint people, you know, right out of high school, those young adult years, college into young adult years, um, generally seem to be these real positive experiences because you're living in a house or there's four roommates and right. you're living life together, you're doing life together, you're cooking meals together. Uh, then as you get busy or you can't have that experience anymore, and I've noticed a lot of Waypoint people are discouraged and part of this revamp of the men's ministry is to help create spaces where men can connect and, mm-hmm. and men can um, get to know each other. And, and I, I've actually seen it in the post young adult years, the post twenties. Uh, I've seen God do some cool things in my life. It's not always the same. And I think if we are the kind of people that think that you always have to go back to the glory years, like Uncle Rico and uh, Napoleon Dynamite, you know, uh-huh. he's, he's still trying to think about he could have been this great quarterback in high school or whatever. He could have got the college scholarship. Uh, but I think as, as, as we mature in our faith and we move on, it's okay to long for these deep relationships, but it's also okay to say it may never look exactly like it did right. when I was in, my, in college or in my early 20s when we were living in these, these spaces. But at the same time, that same deep desire for friendship, for mm-hmm. camaraderie, for the ability to just have brothers that you share life with, uh, can happen, and that's what we're trying to do. So I, I'm thankful for you and, and the men's ministry team, Ryan, Lance, and some others who have tried to stimulate that. But for me, I just, I just want to encourage you guys at home, and this is for the ladies too. I, mean, I know our Waypoint women tend to, I don't know, they've just been a little more successful in, in the past couple yeah. of years of connecting, but the men are, are starting to do it, and we're starting to see inside the small groups the men are bonding and in mm-hmm. some of these other spaces, but... I think geography, intentionality, and affinity seem to be the three words that 
as I, as you know, I'm going on about 20 years of ministry and I think those three things. So you kind of got to be near the person Mm -hmm. to, to have this connection. I mean, you can do it online, you can talk on the phone, but without that nearness, it's hard to live life together. Now it could mean you live, you know, 20 minutes away, but you work near each other. So you, you, you hang out for lunch or after work, or you meet up on the weekends or something, but you, Geography, intentionality, you just have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. When you're a young adult and you don't, you, you kind of have, you don't have a ton of other responsibilities, you can be a little more spontaneous. You can stay up till, you know, one o'clock having a deep conversation, goofing off, shooting the breeze, and then get up for, at seven in the morning for work the next day. But eventually you can't do that forever. Mm-hmm. So intentionality, and then, and then finally affinity. It doesn't mean that you have to like, oh, I love sports, this guy loves sports. You have to be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It just means that there has to be some things that you have in common right now in your life. You know, you, maybe you, your personalities are different. You, probably, you might not have hung out as much as young adults. You might've been in different circles in college, but now you both have kids who are in the same age bracket. And your wives are hanging out together. So you guys, God put you together and you can learn to you know, just be friends with each other. And, and in small groups that happens over time. And I guess the fourth one might be time. So geography, intentionality, affinity, some, something has to bring you together and then time. It just takes time. Yeah. It takes time. And maybe with intentionality, you could speed things up. You could just say, hey, you know, we're in the same small group. Let's just become friends. Let's just cut to the chase. It's okay, guys. Just say, let's cut to the chase. Let's just not try to small talk. Let's mm-hmm. just say, hey, let's, let's get to know each other. Tell me about your life. Tell me who you really are, and I'll tell you who I really am. Yeah. We're brothers in Christ. We're united in Christ. So we have this, we already have an affinity in Christ. So let's just, let's do it. So that's a little bit of my advice and some of my experience. So I've seen it happen at all the phases, but don't always ask God to do it but don't always say if it's not exactly like it was during the glory years that it has to be you know you don't always have to go back to that yeah different stages different seasons i mean it 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 looks different but it's still uh still beneficial still something to to strive after to seek out and and god uses that i think he blesses our our efforts in that i like what you're saying and, and just it needs to be possible. It needs to be realistic yeah. to, to our season of life. You know, if you have a bunch of young kids running around or, you know, just different responsibilities, it has to match that. Yeah. So lots of different life phases here at Waypoint. Our small groups are created to help. And a lot of the small groups here are going to the model where maybe the men, at least once a month, the men meet separately from the women so that you kind of have that dedicated time. Mm-hmm. Most of our small groups have young kids running around, which is awesome. We love children here at Waypoint, but sometimes it's a little distracting to go deep. So we are trying to create spaces. And along that line, 2020 was the year when the elders kind of said, hey, Eric, would you help just kind of launch a more formalized men's ministry? When we were a church plant, lots of things happened organically. Basketball games were going on, you know, just just stuff was happening. Yeah. But now that we're a little bigger, you know, we have members who live in multiple cities around the triangle. We, the men, there are men who literally don't know each other because Sunday morning, the crowd is, is bigger than it used to be. And small groups are more, have grown. We have way more small groups than we used to. So sure. 2020 was the year where, you know, we said, hey, Pastor Eric, would you help launch this ministry, get a team? Um, so kind of what was your vision? What did you envision for the year? And then obviously how did covid steer things yeah just share a little bit about that yeah i think you know one of the things that we have done in the past uh as men together is i mean to kind of go back and yeah into the history a little bit we we had these numerous years when we were when we were a smaller church where it was it was more feasible for us so during the summer for small group time we would take off from from our small groups and we'd have men's groups and a men a, a large men group and a large women group meet and, and they would meet at someone's house we had all the yeah, guys at like, somebody's house like it was yeah. small enough to to be able to do that um i mean it, you know small it might have been like 30 guys but still it was it was uh that was that would have been the majority of the men in the church and so it was it was possible to to do that and it was a it was a fun and cool way to connect and then uh, over time, it became us doing more of these bigger events to try to get guys to connect and, and to, uh, to really just to have fun and, and to enjoy being around one another and to let that kind of spur on these, these 
relationships that we're, we're pursuing or talking about. Um, but I think going into this year and, and even as we're talking about wanting to be more intentional about having a, a, a more robust men's ministry, some of the things that we had talked about and some of the things that I really want to be able to apply is, is that men's ministries tend to get this stereotype of all men do is, is activities. Like we, we have to be doing things together. It's all, it has to be some kind of competition or some kind of event with food or, or whatever as, as a way Meat, to- no vegetables. Right. And, you know, th- those things are, are fine and good. Um, but even that is not going to hit every man in the church or attract every, every male in the church. There's a lot of guys who are foodies and they like a wide range of foods, not just yeah. meat on the, on the grill, right? Right. And so- um, That's a joke, everyone out there. So, th- so there's that element of it. I think, I think being able to, we're not opposed to fun. We want to have fun. We want to enjoy and, and be in fellowship together. But then I think also as we're thinking about growing men and discipleship, that there has to be some kind of like learning component to it. There has to be some kind of challenge and spurring on and, and gathering together to, to talk about the things of God and to then think of also about applying the things of God, that it's, it's not just about having right teaching, but it's also about how do we, how do we live this out? How do I, how do I live this out in, in my reality today or tomorrow or the next day? And, you know, what, what's going to keep me going or who, who can, who can encourage me in this? And, and so even, um, you know, it's funny to, to think about this year and, it's it's hard to quantify the effects that COVID has had on the different areas of ministry in our church, um, because it's even hard to quantify time in in COVID. Uh, I think we've been in COVID for what eight or nine months now, nine months. Yeah, nine months. And it feels literally like it's been years that we've we've been in COVID. I mean, if I were to tell you that at the beginning of of twenty twenty. Back in January, we did a uh, we did a men's event where it was a wings and trivia night. You'd probably be thinking that was this year. <laughs> did that really happen this yeah. year? We that had seems like seems like two years ago. We had like fifty guys come and, and and participate in this, and and that seems like so long ago. You know, we were gonna do a, a three on three men's tournament basketball tournament again. That was, was gonna be that was literally the weekend. That the we closed stopped. everything down. Yeah, like we closed down. We the the Sunday that we closed down, we had a men's event that weekend, and it got canceled because my team would have won because of COVID. Right, the pastors' team would have won the three on three. And so, you know, just to so for for a lot of a lot of this year, men's ministry ended up getting put on hold. It got, it got you know even even before that too. Before as as we were you know making these plans, we had talked about uh, you know the women. We're, we're doing a book study, or they, they were studying Genesis together, and then they were gonna have a time off, and, and the, the men were gonna do a short study, and then before the women picked back up and did their Colossian study. And so I, I was researching, and I thought, you know, studying the Imago Dei, the, the image of God, was something that would be a really important topic for, for the life of our church, and I thought, you know, that'd be really helpful for, for um, for the men to be working through. That was before all of, all of these things went down with, um, with Ahmaud Arbery and, and George Floyd. And all, all, it was before that, that we were, we were talking about doing these things and COVID shut things down. And then it was, uh, it was scrambling and, and trying to reprioritize what we were doing. And, um, you know, it's, it was like every three or four weeks we were trying to adjust or, or determine, you know, what's, what's ministry look like at that point? And then another three or four weeks, what's ministry going to look like at that point? And it was just, it was this long prolonged waiting game of what do we do and how do we do this? And there are other things to be thinking about and how, how do we do ministry in these different areas? And even in that, it was, it was how do we do it? What does ministry look like right now? And so eventually we, we made this decision, okay, we're just, we're not gonna be doing these things or this is, this is what we are able to commit to, uh, you know, phase 2.0 or 2.5 or whatever we call it and how to live and operate and do ministry within that. And so uh, I think it was at that point we, we were able to say, okay, men's ministry got put on, on the back burner now we need to bring it back out because I think it's something that is needed. And that's important. when you guys, you and the team created some of these events where you could socially distance, but still have guys 
created some spaces where guys can bond and hang out and get to know each other a little bit, but following all the guy, the general guidelines from the local government. Yeah. I mean, that was even, uh, you know, and, and kind of keep an eye on and realizing, okay, just on my own, I haven't really, it, it's, it would be, it'd be a quite, quite a Herculean effort to get something up and running in COVID times. Um, and so that's, that's when I decided to reach out to and, and thought, you know, it'd be better to have a team. It'd be better to have an, a group of guys who are invested, committed, and, and partnering together to see things get up and, go, up and running. And so Ryan LaFree and, and Lance Adams have been uh, just a huge blessing to, to the men in our church and, and, and this ministry. Shout and, out to Ryan and Lance. Thanks, guys. For all I mean, your hard they, work this year, they 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 have they're they're gifted in different ways, and they and their giftings complement each other well. I feel like as a team have just really worked um, so well together, and and just even even being an example of what this camaraderie and what this fellowship can be like. Um, I feel like those those guys are a picture of it. They're they're embodying. It. They're they're actually living it out. Um, you don't necessarily see it all the time, but but they're very connected with each other. They they know what's going on in each other's lives. They they can uh, you know laugh at each other, but but they they I think they I mean maybe Lance would would be upset if I said this, but I think they care about each other. <laughs> um, but just just seeking to be brothers in Christ and to love one another, to challenge each other. They don't always agree on everything, but um, and we the three of us we don't always agree on everything. But but um, yeah, just trying to orchestrate what is what is our need right now, and what what is the need of the, the men in our church is. And we decided that what we really needed because we felt like okay, we have a sermon series that we're, we have going on. We have Bible reading plan that we're encouraging everybody to do. Uh, we have the podcast, we have blog posts, we have small groups. So one of the things that we really want to encourage and, and try to create spaces for us for, for men to fellowship, for them to be able to be in community together, to interact with one another and, and to, to begin to build these relationships. And, and even, you know, we, we talk about like when the women in our church do, do a really great job of, and, and even um, before this, have done a great job of, of connecting with one another. They, they maybe are able to organize different different events or they're like texting each other about doing different things and um, feel like the men don't really do that. And so we wanted to create spaces or to give them opportunities to do that. Okay. Well, so where do you see us going in 2021? Like, obviously the first part of the year will be in quarantine. So how do you see us with you know, maybe the, during the quarantine time, and we'll talk about the book in a few minutes, but in yeah. addition to this book, uh, that you're asking, challenging all the guys to read, where do you, where do you see us going for 2021? And, and maybe even how are small groups, the men's side of small groups, like weighing into that? What are, what are some thoughts that you guys have had as you've just, you, you know, just thought about wh- where can we go in light of the fact that we're starting with quarantine? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the same needs that we're talking about are, are still present. They're still there. Um, I think they were there even before COVID. We just, maybe it, it didn't feel as um, as urgent or as obvious. Maybe it, maybe it was obvious. Maybe, maybe it was just, a, maybe it was the elephant in the room and we just never talked about it. But yeah, I, moving into 2021, one of the things that we want to continue doing as a men's ministry is these, these events that we're calling reconnect is, is these opportunities to, um, just create spaces for guys to, to, to get together, um, where really the, it's, it's supposed to, we see it as, as low hanging fruit. I mean, it's not, it's not something where we expect 100% participation. That's not really the goal of these, these gatherings, but really, the it's it's a springboard. It's a it's a springboard for for guys to get together and to um, then from there to to as they're fostering these these deeper relationships uh, or or maybe even just initiating them. Maybe it's just initiating them. Maybe this is is a a space for them to um, I mean for one to have fun to to connect to, to fellowship together. Doing I mean we've done we're, we're, and we're trying to do different kinds of things. I mean we because we have men in our church who have different gifts and different passions and different interests. And, and so being able to, to lay aside 
some of those things sometimes to, to come together is, is really what the purpose of reconnect is, is for, you know, for example, Ryan, one of the first things we did was, uh, was disc golf. We went and played disc golf and Ryan does not, he's not, he's not an avid disc golf player, but you know, is that what it's called? Disc golf player, disc golfer. I don't know. I don't like know. a, yeah. Disc man. Yeah, disc. I think disc man was probably the the official professional term. Yeah, I just um, made that up. I have no idea. Amateur amateur disc golfer, but um, but you know, you got to you got to be in these smaller groupings, and you, you know, it's pretty low key. You just it doesn't require a lot of athleticism. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you know how to throw throw a frisbee, or even if you don't, you just just chuck it, chuck it, and hope for the best. I mean, that's what every, half the people are doing anyway. Is uh, in reality, you're just hitting a bunch of trees and, and walking around together and hoping you can eventually get your disc in a basket. But okay. then you're, you're talking with each other. You're engaging with one another. You're, you're um, trying to be, I mean, it's, a, it's an opportunity to, to build relationships with those guys and, and to just, we really want to encourage guys to be in each other's lives. Um, so so there, there, there's an aspect of this lived out reality, but then there's also this aspect of uh, we... It, moving into 2021, we, we want to challenge guys to, to do something hard. I mean, in addition to, to making this commitment to uh, pursue community together, to, to be open and honest with one another, to do as, as what Pastor Lawrence talks about so often, we all want to be known and loved, um, to challenge guys to know and love one another and, and to live that out together. Um, but then in, in, that, in that community, in that space, then to also bring in this idea of uh, growing in, in God's word and growing in, in theological understanding or growing in um, being who God has called us to be. So there, there's this element of, of both learning discipleship and, and also of, of living it out, practically doing. Okay, awesome. And so the stereotype, the perception is, is that men have a harder time connecting so you're trying to, you and the team are just trying to create spaces where men can connect Yeah. in addition to the small group ministry. And then when we go back to being in person on Sunday morning, I'm assuming they'll even, maybe people will start seeing each other and they, they connected at these other spaces and they'll begin to, you know, call each other, hang out. Some of the thoughts I have is, is just kind of borrowing equipment or helping yeah. each other with stuff. Like we had a group of people, it could have been women too, but it was mostly guys. We, we kind of put it on the men's list, just said, hey guys, if you want to come and help us dump a bunch of mulch for the preschool on the playground, yeah. we have this opportunity. So, so it seems like you guys are just trying to create every kind of space possible for men at Waypoint to be connected. What are some of the tools? Like I know Realm, uh, you know, small groups, what are, what are some of the ways that men can be connected at Waypoint? Yeah, I think, you know, um, you know, there's, there's different, like, I think, I think even just getting people's phone numbers, like exchanging phone numbers and, and, and having that kind of, you know, being in, in small group together where you're, you're saying, okay, we, we're already committed to seeing each other once a week. And that, that's kind of our routine anyway. Uh, let's, let's use this as an opportunity for us. What, what else can we, we do together that, within reason, you know? I mean, you can't, you can't do everything, obviously. And we don't, we don't want to just find ways to take up everybody's time. But even as you were talking about earlier, Danny, of, of it does take time. It does take time to, to build these, ty- these kinds of relationships with, with, um, with other brothers that, you know, creating those spaces where what are, what are you doing that you can bring somebody else into? Um, you know, it could be working on a project together. Maybe, maybe you have a home project or, or uh, maybe, maybe it's, um, you know, some people like landscaping and they're working on, uh, they're working on some kind of house project around, around their home that they, you, you could do it all on your on your own, or you could bring somebody else in who uh, you could kind of teach them mm-hmm. as as like a just a practical home ownership thing. You know, other other guys are yeah. buying homes, and uh, maybe you're you're working on some kind of maintenance project, and it, it'd be beneficial to know that. Like, I would yeah. I would appreciate something like that. Or um, and any guys out there, if you have equipment and your you know tools, it's expensive to go buy some tools yeah. to use for one or two times. So. Maybe we could begin to share resources as guys. We could share 
you know, some people, I know it, in our church, there's not a ton of pickup trucks. So if you have one, uh-huh. you could become very, very popular. Right. Uh, so you may not, I don't want the guy with the pickup truck to drive around, cart everybody around every night, all their junk. But yeah, so I, I like that idea. I think, I think ways to connect, letting other guys know the, the men's group on realm. If you don't get those emails, all of you are on it by default. If you're on realm and you're a man, you're automatically on it, but you'd have to check a box. Is that correct? Or there'd be a way so that you actually get those updates in your email folder. So when a men's update comes up and, and guys use it, use it as an opportunity, I would say to borrow something, ask for something. And in realm, the, the, the men's group on realm is a space where guys can, they can make posts on realm. Like you, it doesn't, it's not, it's not a top down thing where, uh, other, other groups on realm might be that way, but it, it, for that particular group uh, for the men in, in, in our church, yeah. if you're in that group, you send out, a, you can send out a message yourself and, and it goes to all the men in the church is, is kind of the idea. Yeah. Um, so if you're trying to find guys to play tennis with, you like golf, yeah. you like going to Durham Bulls games, you like watching basketball, or you want to watch a show together. You want to yeah. watch The Chosen together. You want to, um, you know, yeah. do some kind of block party or, or what? I don't know. Yeah, whatever you got, if you want other people to know about it, let's say you're going to do something. One guy, I think it fell through because of COVID was starting, but was going to one of those, uh, what do you call it, mystery nights where uh, you you get locked into a room and you got to solve yeah, escape room, escape rooms. Yeah. yeah. Like different people are doing, if a bunch of people are over your house playing super smash brothers or something, and you just want to let other people know, obviously as we come out of COVID, this will be easier, but yeah, let's, let's be, I think for me personally, if you just know about it, you, people can come and, and not everyone can come to everything. And every time you see a men's event, some of these smaller events, these reconnect events, or you see some, you can't go to everything, but it mm-hmm. would be nice if, if you're about to do something, you like golf, you like tennis, you like this, you could just ask who, who else likes this and see ways that we can connect. So I, I think that that could be a good, so we're going to do our best. It seems like you guys as the men's team, men's mm-hmm. ministry team, and then the staff. We're doing our best to create spaces for all Waypoint members, men and women and children and teens and college students, so all of us together. But we're. it seems like you guys are really trying hard. I, for me personally, I think that Rome group might be the best way. Mm-hmm. I, like I started a softball team, just invited some Waypoint guys, and we, we had a blast. And that softball is literally the only thing you could do right now that Durham offers. I think right. tennis and softball are the only two social distance things that they, that they had moving forward. We can do just think through other ways to, to invite guys, but yeah, use these spaces to invite guys. Um, and now I want to talk about this book. So this will kind of be the final thrust. So uh, for the first time ever, you're challenging all the men in the church to read a book at the same time. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll, hopefully we'll, this will be the first of many. We'll, we'll continue this throughout the years. But uh, tell us a little about the book that was chosen and why you think reading it together will be an important part and vital part for us in men's ministry and, and men in the church in general. And women, if you want to read this book too, it's not about men's or anything. It's, it's an excellent book. So any, anybody yeah. can read this. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I mean, so the book is called The Gospel, How the Church Portrays the Beauty of Christ. And, and like you're saying, it's, um, it's, not, it's not exclusive to men. Like it's, it's a book that anybody could pick up and, and would benefit immensely from. And so um, I think that alone is, is one of the, the things that makes it attractive. Um, I, I wanna read this subtitle again. It's How the Church Portrays the Beauty of Christ how the church portrays the beauty of Christ. And, and, and so we talked a lot uh, among the three of us, uh, me with Lance and, and Ryan about like what, what book should we choose? And, and we really wrestled with it because we wanted to pick like the perfect book. Um, and I'm not saying that this is the perfect book, but it's pretty good. It's, I think it's a pretty great option for us. Um, you know, we, and, and we talked about the, the possibility of, you know, can we find a book that is really challenging men to, to step up as men and, and to think about what it means to be men. And, uh, you know, toxic masculinity is, is obviously a, a hot button topic in our, in our day. And so, you know, we want to be able to, to work through these things and, and to talk about these things and um, heard from different guys about different needs or, or different interests. And uh, ultimately landed on this book because, I mean, for, for many reasons. Uh, I think w- one of the beauties of, of Ray Ortland, who's the author, 
is uh, just his, his biblical clarity. So, you know, Danny, we were talking before this podcast about somebody like a John Piper, and, and some people will uh, choose not to read John Piper because he's too heady. Uh, other people love. A little love, bit intense, a little, yeah. like very high academic level um, sometimes, a little intense. You know, he likes hyphenated terms and all these things. Uh, very, very passionate. I think that's, that's something that's good. Like, we, we want to be passionate about the things of God. He wants to invite his readers to be passionate about the things of God. Um, but and his then, books aren't for everybody. But his books aren't, aren't for everybody. Some, some people like um, books that are, are like just easy to, to digest and, and straight um, life application. Yeah. yeah just. And, but I feel like Ray is, is somewhere in the middle there where he's, he doesn't shy away from the things of God. He doesn't shy away from the truths of, of God's word. I think that he, in, he invites people in to, to a deeper understanding of who God is and to, to be faithful to, to God's word. But then his, he's so cl- he has such clarity in the way that he communicates things. And, and he has a way of, of communicating truths that when, I, when I've read Ray Ortland and, and when I read a book like this, He's, you're on first, Eric's on a first name basis. Yeah, I'm on a first name basis with him. never met him, but he's on a first name <laughs> basis with him. Um, when, I, when I read uh, his writings, he has a way of, you know, there's, there's some people that articulate reality that you, like what, what your, your, your lived experience or, or the things that you, you feel or see or are like living in that, it's so tr- it's so real to life, and I think that that's that's one of the th- there, there are some authors who who are writing things that are they're idealistic or they're 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 thought they're, they're interesting ideas, but they, they feel like it, it stays in the abstract. But with with Ray Ortland, he he has a way of communicating things as they are, to where very immediately it, it it's almost like taking a like a a magnifying glass to, to your soul and, and just exposing the real things about you. I, f- I feel like he communicates in that way. And, and then also uh, holding hands with the gospel. Like he brings the gospel into it at every step of the way. So you'd think like if you ex- you're exposing things that are real about me, then that would be kind of scary. Um, but then he does so in a way that it, it's not condemnation. It's joy. He's inviting you into joy uh, and, and seeing the, the beauty and splendor of the gospel. And, and so I think that, um, and, and so the, the word that I would use for this book is it's very winsome. It's a very winsome picture of what it means to, to be the church. And, to, and, and so he talks about this idea of gospel doctrine, gospel culture, that, that a church needs both, but that even at the individual level and at, at, the, at the corporate church level, you lean toward one or the other. Either you're, you're more about uh, what's, what, what the rules are, what the regulations are, what the, what's right and true and solid, and that's more of the doctrine. You wanna have sound doctrine. I think we, as a, as a church, we value doctrine and think that teaching is, is of utmost importance. Um, and even maybe that's, maybe that's the typical waypoint uh, member, maybe that's you. Whenever you were assessing different churches before you committed to one, you said, "What's the teaching like?" Mm-hmm. Um, so, so when they say, "What is the gospel?" they think of it as like more like the the truth of it versus the living it out. Right, so, right. But it's both. Right. Like and so, the good so news gospel, is something that we we get and we understand, and it transforms our mind, but it right. also changes our behavior. Right. So, right. So and he's so, bringing the two together. So he's bringing like. the two together. So, so he said other, other people lean toward gospel culture where it's, it's all about the feel and the relationships and, the, and the, like being loving and you need that too. And, and so, but, so if you have, if, if you lean toward one or the other, then, then you're missing the, the power and the beauty of, of, of the gospel, of right? the gospel, of Christ, of the, the power of Christ in his church. Um, and, and so he's in, he's inviting us into this. You need both. Uh, if if you have a, a church that is all about doctrine, um, but not about the culture, it doesn't care care about the culture. Then then you have a hypocritical church, because what you're teaching is not being lived out. So no, so nobody sees it. It would almost be pointless. Like what's what's the point of a church that has right teaching but doesn't doesn't live it out? And so so even. 
it makes me want to ask one of the one of the questions of um, of a church is what are the people like? If I want to join a church, what are the people like there? How do they interact with each other? How do they engage with one another? And so, um, but but to have both to have gospel to to have right teaching that that thrusts you into. Uh, this this new way of living, this new community that's that's seeking to be who God has called us to be. That's what I think our our men. That's what I think as men we we need to be pursuing is is how do we live out both realities where we don't we don't say that the doctrine doesn't matter, but we also say that being loving and sincere and and and, and hum, uh, humble and gentle with one another is also vital. It's vital, um, and. And a lot of people will ask, you know, a lot of people make criticisms of the church. I think you have people inside the church who are critical of the church at large. You have people outside of the church who are critical of the church at large. And I think by and large, they're right. When, whenever you see, a ch- whenever you see the, the church as a whole and, and conclude that looks like an unloving group of people, we can't then just say, well, they're wrong. <laughs> Because there is there is an element to it of of their right, and so then for us going into twenty twenty one and just looking at our day and looking at what the visible reality that we're living in, um, to to see this picture, to have this picture, and to then think, what we really need are, are true Christian men. I mean, we need true Christians in general, but but I think genuine, authentic men who are pursuing to live as as real followers of Jesus, to submit to his word, to, to, to abide in him, I think that, that, is still some, that is still a witness that is compelling and it's, it's attractive. Amen. And I think that's what, that's what Ray Orland's saying, that, that's the, the, how the church portrays the beauty of the gospel. What, what our world is seeing a lot of is ugliness from the church, but there is real beauty to be seen and it comes through uh, the power of, of Jesus. And so that's, and, and I think that there's, uh, it's, it's humility. It's creating spaces where we can be honest about who we really are and have spaces where there's, there's safety in that, that uh, where you can actually be repentant and genuine um, and deal with real things. So a manly man is someone who really is hum- humble and gracious because that's, that's harder than to just put on a shell and right. a facade and be tough. But the, the real man of God is the one who, can recognize their weaknesses and and come to God and, and be in a brotherhood that 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 grows and, and ask God how how can I really live for you Christ how can yeah. I really honor you with my life when it's hard it's hard to wake up each day and go through the grind so so if we start with the truth of the gospel the doctrine of the gospel and the the which leads us to living it out because because of the humility of Christ because of the love of Christ wow. This is awesome, Eric. I'm, I'm excited. I've, I've skimmed this book before, but I'm excited to dig deep. How many pages is it? Yeah, so the, this is one of the beauties of it is, is the brevity. So even even telling you that, it's a little misleading. Um, it's one of these tiny books, like the little gift books you see in the front of the grocery store on the on the cart, like inspirational books. Right. You know, one of those. But it's not. It's not like that. It's it's deep. So it's, it's, a, it's 117 pages but, but the, the introduction starts on page 15, so it's, it's a little over 100 pages. And if it was a regular size book, it'd probably be about 60 pages because those are real tiny pages. So right, it's, yeah. it's a short book. So It's very accessible. It's very readable. All right, so how, how is this going to bless the whole church? And, and if women, ladies, if you're still with us, hopefully you are because this, this podcast is for everybody, uh, why should everyone read this book? And how's this going to help Waypoint as a whole? Yeah, so let, let me just read this, uh, this paragraph from, from the book, and I feel like that, that'll kind of give you a snapshot of, of why I think it, it is a blessing to, to everybody in the church. Uh, so, so he writes, The command of Christ is that we love one another. The example of Christ is that we die for one another. The promise of Christ is that our love will show a skeptical world the difference he really makes. Love is Christ's authorized way for us to be convincing. People today don't care about doctrine, but they do care about love. The world is not impressed by anything about us but the love of Christ, nor should they be. If we fail to love one another in ways so striking that we actually start looking like Jesus, then the world has the right to judge that we know nothing of him. They might be wrong, 
We might indeed be Christians, but the world is right to dismiss unloving Christians as unchristian. Jesus himself gave them that right. And then he goes on to say, um, well, that's convicting. It's, it's awesome and convicting all at the same time. The world knows nothing of such intense, personal, unbroken unity. The world is divisive, angry, tense, and trigger happy. The world does not believe that real unity can even exist. They've never seen it. All they, ha- all they have ever known is dog-eat-dog. Dog. Does that sound like anybody you know? Yeah, dog-eat-dog, dog. wow. But Jesus prayed for us, his church, that we would be a new kind of community here in this world. He prayed that our churches would be living proof of ultimate reality before the world today so that more people might look beyond this world as they see in our churches. Yes, our churches, some reflection of the unity of the Father with the Son and then believe the gospel. And so I think that this is gonna bless not only the men in our church, but I think our, our church as a whole is that um, to, to actually live out this reality, to actually pursue being the people that God has called us to be, to, to um, again, to not, to not throw aside what we, what we know is true or what we see is true or what, the, what the, the scriptures actually teach us, but to actually live them out, to, to be the people God has called us to be, knowing that he gives us the, the power and the strength to do it. Um, not only is that going to be men in our church living out this reality where, where there's, um, again, that, that we're being fully known and fully loved, that we're actually walking in this, this reality, um, that it's, it's gonna be, can, can you imagine a community like this where, where we're so known by our love and our, and our commitment to, to the truth of God's word that we, we actually embody the, the very things that Jesus prayed for us to be like? Um, where instead of, instead of being competitive, instead of thinking about how we can benefit ourselves, we're thinking about how we can love and encourage and build up and benefit our brother or sister in Christ. Amen. Or, the, or our neighbor, um, where, where uh, we get criticized and, and our first response isn't, uh, how can we fight back? How can we have a sharp and, and cutting um, or, or clever response, but it's to, to take it on the chin and say, maybe there's some truth to that. And, and I, I receive that. And, and uh, I, I, I want to search, God search me in that. And that, then how can I bring it back to what is true in Christ? And how right. can I point that person who's so right. angry and like hostile toward me, how can I bring them back to the truth of Christ? Fighting back, yeah. like Romans 12, you know, you don't fight evil with evil, you overcome evil by I mean, we talked, we've been talking Christ, recently about yeah. being a non-anxious presence, but then e- e- in, even in that, like uh, for, to receive an, an angry response and, and to receive it in love and, and charity and then to, uh, to be grace-filled and, and pointing back to the gospel like you're saying, like that is a, that is a compelling, that's a beautiful witness that, that we, I really, I really hope that our, our men in our church move toward that. If we're going to really love the triangle and reach the triangle and, and yeah love the nations and reach the nations it's we've got to be a gospel community we've got to have the knowledge of 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 the gospel but we've got to be able to live it out this is really awesome i am excited and so so part of the honesty too and i end with this uh part part of the honesty too is is to be able to say yeah i'm gonna get this wrong Mm. it's not it's not like we we become less wrong uh i think the danger more often is that we we think that we're confident in our, our being partly right, which is something he talks about. And, and so it's not, in being honest with ourselves, it's acknowledging, wow, I, I miss the mark sometimes, maybe, maybe even more than I realize. Um, but thanks be to God that he's, he's brought us in and he's, he's redeeming us, he's changing us, he's making us new. He, he gives us the strength to do this. Wow. Good stuff. Well, we are excited to study this book together. Uh, how can the men get a copy? Yeah, so you can uh, you can email me. We have plenty of copies. We're selling them for for five bucks, so it's less than market price. Um, and, and what if the women want a copy? Can they just get? They can get one on Amazon, or if we can order more. Yeah, so we, we this, can order this, more. There's so this is for everybody. So if you want to read this book. Uh, I guess on Amazon they're probably what about eight or nine dollars. So, uh, so on, I think on Amazon they m- might even be like twelve dollars. Twelve dollars. Uh, if you go to Nine Marks website, they're eight dollars. Okay. Um, so we if bought you it. Just ask us, we can buy some more. I mean, yeah. we still have more. Yeah, we're open to buying as many as possible because this book really will change 
change the way you, I don't know, it'll just, in a short, in a real short book, it'll give you a lot of perspective. So we're really excited, Eric. Thank you for your thoughtfulness in really praying through this with the team. And, and we are excited to see what God does in 2021 in this. Uh, so everybody, here's, here's my final sh- notes at the end. I wrote some things down. I think for the men and, and for the women too, just be intentional, especially during COVID times. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be intentional. Send that text. You're tired. It's late. Send the text to the guy in your small group, to the girl in your small group, you know, to encourage each other, build each other up. We're not seeing each other on Sunday morning or throughout the week like we did before COVID. So, so let's, let's be intentional. Uh, give it time. And, you know, it's going to take time and small groups are just chugging along during uh, COVID times. Sometimes we have to cancel, you know, just, but give it time and use the realm group, like use the realm as an opportunity to, to share resources, to ask questions, to get to know other men and, and to just, just say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Does anybody want to join me in this activity or this thing? And then uh, read the book, get the book, read it. Let's read it together, highlight it write on it use it as a reference this is covers a lot of material in a short space so it it'll be one of those where you really want to get your pen out and and write in the margins and and really and so, not, soak it in it's not the end all be all but i think it is a, it's going to be a tremendous resource for yeah us. it covers a lot a lot of stuff and, and i think it really will help us so thanks eric i'm going to end with this passage from psalm 133 and it says how good and pleasant it is when god's people live together in unity and the original hebrew does say when brothers live together in unity and this could be the men of david he's talking about his men but it could also we can take this as all the people and then a parallel and then at the end of this it's it's only three verses of the psalm and it says you know it's like it's like the precious oil being poured poured down Aaron's head and and just kind of this beautiful picture to them that would have been like beauty and and just God's grace and God's presence with them and then it says it's like the dew that falls on Mount Zion for there the Lord bestows his blessing even life forevermore like this everlasting life is bestowed on people who live in God's unity and I believe that Jesus alludes to this and, and when he follows up and he says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they still are in the world. This is in John 17, 11. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name and the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. Unity is the goal. We can be unified as Christ, in Christ, as brothers, as brothers and sisters, as the body of Christ. And and thank you, Eric, for in the team for really trying to make us unified and and create spaces for that. That's all. So we are thankful and have a great week, guys. Merry Christmas. And like I said, the final, the final episode will come right after Christmas and that one will be question and answers and uh, just, just a recap of 2021 and what God taught us and how we can just kind of assess it as a church body. So you guys have a great week. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you soon.